0: Welcome, this is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things and making a big impact in our community. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations at Ellen Becker Investment Group. According to U.S. Census Bureau data from 2022, Milwaukee, which is number 31 on the top 50 most populated cities in the U.S., ranks second in poverty, with about 25% of the city living in poverty. In contrast, New York City, the largest American city, has a poverty rate of 18%. The only top 50 city with a greater poverty rate than Milwaukee is... Detroit. It's the 21st largest US city and has a poverty rate of 35%. It's been said that we have more people living in poverty in Milwaukee that can fit in the Fiserv Forum. Now, that's a lot of people. There are a number of nonprofits that work with the homeless population in Milwaukee County and we've actually interviewed a number of them, but people may not realize that homelessness very much exists in the suburbs as well as in the big city. Today, I have two guests joining me from nonprofits in Waukesha County that serve the 20,000 plus people living at, near, or below the poverty line. My first guest today is Kathleen Fisher, Executive Director of the Hebron House in Waukesha. Hebron Housing Services is the largest nonprofit provider of services to unhoused men, women, and children in Waukesha County. Welcome to the show today, Kathleen. Well, good
2: morning, Jill. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: You're very welcome. Well, why don't we start out, first of all, congratulations in your new role as Executive Director, which came about about a year and a half ago, so congratulations on that. Um, Why don't you start by giving us a little bit of information about you, uh, Kathleen,
2: and what drew you to the nonprofit sector and Hebron House? What a great question, I've been asked that many times and uh, I've thought about it a lot and my answer has grown over the years, really reflecting on, on why I am an executive director of a homeless shelter. Growing up, I've always wanted to help others. I knew that was uh, part of my uh, part of who I am, wanting to help people and make sure I'm there for people in their greatest time of need. And um, many people find this hard to believe, but many years ago, I wanted to be a firefighter. And actually, that was my first degree was in uh, fire science. Oh, okay. And uh, so I worked hard at that. I eventually got on a fire department, but then I got married, had kids and my career choices changed. Eventually, I knew I wanted to get back into the social services business and uh, worked shortly for uh, a handful of nonprofits and then eventually found my way to be an executive director of, of a homeless shelter in Washington County uh, called Family Promise and another homeless shelter in Ozaki County called Family Promise of Ozaki County. And then uh, Hebron House, I knew had been around for a long time and, and was looking for a leader and it was time for me to really make that Uh, leap of faith into the Waukesha County area and um, you know I'm part of the belief that homelessness is a is a community issue it's not it's not contained by county lines you know Mm. we're all in this together and so I really felt like uh, I knew I could do something for Waukesha County and, and help Hebrew and housing services out and and get them where they need to be to serve the community in Waukesha.
1: Well, you have quite a history there uh, in serving the public, and that's wonderful. Uh, What would you share, uh, what can you share with our listening audience about the different types of programming that you offer?
2: Well, Hebron Housing Services focuses on reaching out to those at risk of homelessness or experiencing homelessness. We have a variety of different programs. Our uh, at the heart of it is really our emergency shelters. Uh, Juno House was formerly the original Hebron House that most people are familiar with in Waukesha, and, and Juno serves primarily single women and families. We have 10 beds for women and five family units. And uh, at, at that shelter, we have a full-time case manager and uh, advocates who support our you know, our folks uh, at that house on their journey to finding housing. In addition to that, we have Santa House, which serves primarily single men. There are 20 beds there. And uh, their goal is all of their, as everyone in our, in our shelter program is to really um, secure, safe, and stable housing. Uh, those are our primary uh, emergency shelter programs. In addition to that, we offer uh, Jeremy's Safe Haven, which is transitioning into a permanent supportive housing program this fall. But the Safe Haven was designed to really catch those who are out on the streets and have been homeless for uh, a long time, they're experiencing mental illness, maybe some addiction issues and 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 you know, they've really lost their way and our goal at Jeremy is to help them find their way slowly but surely and really plugging them into the services they need to, to find housing. They have high barriers. They might have significant mental health issues. They might have addiction issues. We work closely with the county to help them out. Uh, we work closely with our, our, our fellow addiction recovery service programs uh, in the community to really connect them along the way so that they can address the issues that are preventing them from, from securing housing because we all need a, to know where we're gonna sleep at night. We need to know where we're gonna have our next meal. And people that are living out on the streets, they don't know where they're gonna sleep that night. They have an idea where they're gonna crash, but they don't know where they're gonna sleep every night. There is no sense of stability. And our goal at all three of those, through all of those programs is to give them a sense of stability while they can work on connecting to income and connecting to the community resources, that will lead them into an apartment where they know they're going to sleep every night, where they know they're going to get their m- next meal. Mm-hmm. Well, you've
1: been serving the community. Hebron House has been serving the community for over 40 years. What
2: do you think attributes
1: to the longevity of your
2: programming? Uh, the longevity is the mission honestly, our mission is pure. We want to help people who are homeless find housing. And there's a strong need in Waukesha County. And the people that do it, the people that work at Juno and Sienna House, they're real people. They have a heart to help others. And they're there to help people on their journey. They hold their hand all along the way. And, you know, some people don't necessarily that's it's not their time and we might have to exit people that aren't following the rules and can't necessarily um, you know listen to what needs to to be done in order to be successful but there are many Many more success stories in Waukesha, including you know the single woman who comes in and has completely fallen fallen uh, to the wayside and and maybe has you know just just lost touch with reality and her family and you know she sits down with her case manager and and creates a plan and she connects back with her family and her friends and and maybe uh, she attends that that therapy appointment and, and gets on the on the medications that she needs to stabilize her mental health and then she gets a job and then she gets a house and those are the biz- biggest success stories for us those are what fill our, our hearts with with gratitude for the work that we do people that come to Hebron that work at Hebron love, others. And that's our, that's a secret to our success is really caring and loving for other people.
1: Mm, that's the secret sauce over at Hebron House. It's wonderful. Well, what do you think is the biggest barrier then for homeless individuals
2: to finding housing? And, the, and what is Hebron doing to overcome that? Um, gosh there's many 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 barriers right when you become homeless there's there all the wheels have fallen off right and you know you don't basically the, the reason the simplest reason why they're homeless is because they don't have enough income to pay their rent but then why don't they have the income to pay their rent uh, there's a host of, of reasons for that and it could be i've mentioned them many times uh mental health addiction uh you know they maybe they don't have the education or the work history and they're just falling on on hard times but the biggest barrier then is let's Say We get connect them with all of that. Then they go out there to look for housing. And in Waukesha, unfortunately, there's a significant shortage. And it's all across the country, so Waukesha isn't unique. Uh, there's a significant shortage in, in affordable housing for people that are at extremely low income uh, status. And our folks, maybe they fix all that stuff and maybe they get a job and maybe they're working, but then they hit the streets just try to find a a landlord that wants to work with them. But the landlord uh, has a long list of people looking for apartments and, you know, they're comparing their resume to somebody else's resume and it doesn't look the same. You know, when you have a criminal background, maybe you have an eviction on your record, maybe your income isn't as stable. Maybe you have a son who's autistic, who's created uh, problems for you in your past. So your reputation, out there isn't the best it's just people have a variety. when they're looking for housing it, it's a struggle and, and I'll tell you the greatest gift to us are landlords who are empathetic to the people we serve the landlord with a heart the landlord that's willing to take in that single mom with a child and 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 maybe not so stable income but willing to give them a chance those landlords are the ones that are hard to come by but they're the ones that we value the most in, in Waukesha County mm. Well that's
1: well said. For all you landlords out there that's good good advice Um, and you've really got some great things going on from your programming to just how you I can just see in your face when you talk about Hebron House and the people that serve there you can really tell that you're in the right you're in the right place but what about the future you know what great things are in the pipeline for the future we're going to talk more about that after our commercial break so stay tuned and we'll be right back.
0: Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Kathleen Fisher, Executive Director from the Hebron House in Waukesha. All right, Kathleen, let's talk future goals and new offerings. You got something to share there? Oh, I
2: have lots to share. If <laughs> um, if we could wave our magic wand, we would end homelessness in, in Waukesha County, right? But uh, there are there are very few magic wands out there, and so what we're doing is is our best to really build a true continuum of care uh, for folks who are experiencing homelessness. And I mentioned earlier about our, our emergency shelter programs, and that's really the safety net for folks who are who are homeless. And and there's some other programs though that, that we need to add to to make to make it a a viable future for folks uh, that want to get out of homelessness. And one of the most exciting programs I'm, I'm happy to share with you is our youth housing program that we recently launched uh, in October. Uh, it's, a, it's a program uh, that actually expanded our, our region to serving not just Waukesha, but Washington and Ozaki County. It's for youth who are ages 18 to 24, and if they are homeless, they're going to be added to a list, and we're able to uh, put together a combined list for all three counties for these folks who who are these young people who are experiencing homelessness. Unfortunately, you know, there's stories. The 18-year-old who was was um, uh, had to leave their parents' house, and they're still in high school, and they still need a place to live so they can wrap up school. There's stories about the 20-year-old who's pregnant and in her car and can't uh, figure out how to stabilize her her emotions to to live with other people, and in those are the the folks that we're trying to serve in this program. We can serve up to 20 uh, households through a transitional living or a rapid rehousing program. The transitional living is really uh, a step up from a shelter program where they have their own apartment. We don't have staff there 24-7, but they do have to comply with the program rules. And uh, from there, we we have a life skills coordinator who works with them on budgeting, taking care of your house, how to find a job, how to finish up your GED do you want to go to uh, on to technical school so those those are um, the support systems we offer through both the transitional living and the rapid rehousing program folks who are able to secure their own apartment let's say they have income and they have uh, found a landlord one of those empathetic landlords that want to lease out to our our folks um, those folks will get some rent assistance from us based on their income. They'll pay 30% of their uh, income towards the rent and we'll cover the rest and And uh, we'll also offer case management for them while they're in the rapid rehousing program. So they have their own apartment and they're then considered permanently housed. And we're here to offer these baby steps so that they can live independently. And that's ultimately our goal is that they live independently. I mean, all of us know someone who's 18 to 24. If it isn't us ourselves, it's someone we know that has lost their way uh, during those tough years. And we're there to catch them along along the way and do what we can to connect them to the resources they need to be successful. Mm, mm. Well, when you talk about New programs, whether it's the youth program or any other
1: program, how do you raise awareness so that the community knows that you're there? Other than doing a radio show like this of course well, this is the best way right <laughs> um, And thank you for
2: that again um, but welcome. we also have a new program called the recovery program and that's really for folks who are homeless and experiencing an opioid addiction I just want to get that in real quick too that that program is for anybody in in Waukesha County that um, has fallen into homelessness and and they they're struggling with how they're going to cover the housing costs uh, we can help with that so if anybody is is at risk they can reach, certainly reach out to us really getting our name out there to communities. There's what's called uh, these local coalitions, and and we work closely with our local service providers to tell them about what we're doing. We try to get in in, at the right tables. We're part of the chamber. We're part of the business alliance, and we we need our corporations to know that these services are out there because every corporation has an HR department that's dealing with someone who who isn't going to be able to pay their rent, and then they're not going to be able to get to work, and so how can we help them stabilize so that they can get to work uh, and, and, do the, and do what they need to do. So we need our corporations to know we're out there. We need our, our churches to know that, that we're out there and that they can certainly make referrals to us um, for anybody in their, in their communities that are, that are struggling along the way.
1: And, you know, sometimes I'll hear people say after a particular radio show, they'll say to me, I, I never knew that that organization existed. And on the, on the one hand, I think, well, that's great that we were able to highlight them and bring awareness to the community. But on the other hand, it's a little sad because people didn't know that that resource existed. And we want to make sure that whatever the case is, homelessness, poverty, uh, drug addiction, uh, sex and human trafficking, you know, we've done uh, mental health awareness. We've done so many different topics and highlighted uh, over 400 different nonprofits that support those causes. We just want people to know that they're there and that people will take advantage of those resources. What other local agencies do you collaborate with to deliver uh, your well-rounded programs?
2: We uh, we have some great community partners in in Waukesha, and that includes the Housing Action Coalition, which is an organized group of service providers that address homelessness, including organizations like the Hope Center, which is an amazing organization, uh, Salvation Army that provides uh, shelter for men. We partner with the food pantry, we partner with the Women's Center, and, and a host of other uh, service providers in the community that can plug us in the Wau- Waukesha County Services are amazing and, and it's been a, a wonderful opportunity for me to learn what's available out here and, and figure out how we can wrap those services around the folks that are in our program and I think it's great that you mentioned the women's Center
1: because you guys do very similar things but you're different in your own in your own regard but to know that there's no competition you know I'm, I'm sad to say that I have had some guests who wanted to be on the show that would say they don't want to be with another organization partnered with another organization that does the same thing that that they do because they think maybe they may not get donations or or volunteers like the other loca- uh, the other organization does and I have to say it's it's not a a competition you know as you said before we're we're all in this together we can all provide our own expertise uh, there can be overlap because the need is there so It's wonderful that you work with other organizations that complement or extend the services or do the same things that you do because you're all needed, right? If uh, if there are some listeners out there that want to get involved with Hebron House, how can they best help?
2: You know, there are so many ways to help an organization like Hebron Housing Services. You can, if you like to make meals, you can bring meals down to one of our shelters. If you like to do donation drives and collect supplies for, for the folks that are in one of our programs. Hygiene items are, are much needed supplies for for them. Uh, paper products are much needed supplies. So you can, if, if that's the type of thing you like to do, that's welcome. Cash is wonderful, a gift. <laughs> we will take cash and and also we have a, a gala every fall that's super successful and generates a significant amount of, of funding for us to keep our operations going. And fundraising as well, right? Yes. If you want to help fundraise, then <laughs> we will certainly uh, welcome you aboard to one of our many committees we have. Okay. And attending the, the events that yes, you have. Yes, yes. I mean,
1: again, that seems like a no-brainer, but I think it's worth saying. Uh, repeating that if you see a program a gala golf outing whatever it is that a nonprofit is offering in your community participate because you'll have fun and you're supporting the cause right so that's all good stuff so many many wonderful programs that you're offering over at Hebron house Uh, appreciate all uh, you sharing your passion with us and your mission and your vision Uh, if someone wants to get in touch with Hebron what is the best way to do that the
2: easiest way to learn about Hebron Services and get in touch with us is checking out our website at hebronhouse.org or you can always give us a call at 262-549-8720. Awesome. Do you have a Facebook page? We do. Okay. Hebron House. Okay. I think <laughs> it's Hebron. <laughs> okay. So it
1: you could probably just Google it as well. Yeah, and it's... it. it It's an easy way to get to you so kathleen fisher executive director from the hebron house in waukesha thank you for joining us today and sharing all the great things that you do thank you so much you're welcome my next guest told me the first time that he was a guest on our show that a great business model is to know what you do to do it well and to collaborate with your larger network for maximum effectiveness Stay tuned, because after a short break, we're gonna learn about this Waukesha County organization who has been around for over 50 years and who collaborates with the Hebron House to help minimize the poverty-related risk factors that contribute to homelessness. So don't go away, and we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations. And my next guest today is Al Luzzi, Program Director from the Hope Center in Waukesha, which has been serving the community for over 50 years by providing food, clothing, and simple living items at no cost to county residents. Welcome to the show today, Al. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. Welcome. And thanks for that great definition of an effective business model. Again, it's know what you do, do it well, and collaborate with your network for maximum effectiveness. You shared that when you were a guest back in 2019. So welcome back again. Um, you also shared that Hope Center's mission used to be to end homelessness. But when you realized what an overwhelming task that would be to take that on, you changed the mission statement to striving to minimize the poverty-related risk factors that contribute to homelessness. Elaborate on on why you changed the mission statement years ago.
3: Well, and, and you've heard this, Jill, and I'm sure your listeners have heard this as well. Uh, we all know who the most famous homeless person in the world is. And again, we're not talking about Donald Driver of the Green Bay Packers, but we're talking about Jesus Christ. So homelessness has existed for ages, and it was evident that it was such a complicated problem that there wasn't going to be an easy, a quick, or a good solution if one was just an organization striving by itself. Uh, I know you've had a prior guest here from uh, Hebron House who talked about what they provide and their services. And I think it's each one of us within that Waukesha County network doing what they can do to come together to provide a basis for solving that problem. And for us, the the niche has been uh, clothing, food, and basic furniture. Because when we talk about homelessness, particularly as we look at it, you can ask yourself the question, you know, what good is a house or an apartment if you don't have a table? What good is a table if you can't put food on it? What good is a day at work or school if you don't have the appropriate clothing or dress? So, Hope Center has attempted to fill that gap in coordination with other service agencies to try and address a problem that, again, has existed for. Centuries.
1: Well, like Kathleen has been uh, around for a while in the sector and had a heart for helping others, and I understand that you started out of state, and uh, but you've been a Wisconsin resident for for a while. What right. brought you to the Hope Center, and what is it about the Hope Center that really excites you to, to go out and share about the great work that you do?
3: Well, one of the things I think that brought me to the the nonprofit area. Uh, has been a career, believe it or not, which has always been in the nonprofit public interest sector because I've worked at the local level, the state level, and the national level. And I I think one of the reasons that, that just drove me to do this was that caring, that compassion, and that trying to give to others what they needed if indeed it was possible and we could do that um there is tremendous satisfaction or at least from my perspective in knowing that you've helped someone that you've contributed to their particular goals and or maybe even lifestyle and uh, that started way back in uh, dayton ohio at the university of dayton when i worked at the ombudsman's office which was actually the joint office of citizen complaints and the, the question was always, how can we make that service system work better to serve those that it's intended to serve? So it's, it's always been an attraction, and uh, I wish I could tell you it was planned but it wasn't. I, I mean, it, it just happened. It just Well, happened. good things just happen. I
1: think they just, you know, the, you, you're in the right place. A things just happened, Jill. Yeah. Uh, that, that was one
3: of them. Uh, you were
1: in the right place at the right time. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> well, how can you make yourselves more effective? You know, you talked about this, know what you do and do it well, and then there's that other piece, uh, you know, about collaborating, but is that mostly how you make yourselves most effective or is there something else to your secret sauce
3: yeah I think it is that that is how you make yourself most effective and hopefully that is how you make the system that is much larger to serve most effective Uh, as an agency as a service provider we're very fortunate to to be in Waukesha County and serving the needs of Waukesha County residents Um, there are well over 20,000 Uh, residents living in Waukesha County at this moment who are living in poverty. There's a food insecurity rate of just about 6.5%, meaning that Uh, Well over, again, 25,000 people are not getting the kind of food to live a healthy, nutritionally balanced diet. So the need exists within the county and within the county borders. And I think at the same time, which makes Waukesha somewhat unique, uh, is the benevolence of those donors and those givers. Um, But what also, of course, makes the, the service delivery system unique are our colleagues at other agencies, working together on a problem that is just massive and the realization that everybody has a part to play within that framework and if we do that and we do it well perhaps we can make some progress
1: yeah and uh, you know we talk about how not one person can do it all right correct you know so like you said know what you do and do it well and then collaborate with others find your space Mm -hmm. and then uh, uh, and uh, do it well You've got um, a number of different programs that you offer uh, to the population that you serve, and we're going to talk more about that after the break. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back.
0: Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, with your host, Julie Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations. And I'm talking in this last segment with Al Luzzi, Program Manager from the Hope Center in Waukesha. So we got some good uh, baseline information in that first segment with you, Al. And I want to do a deeper dive here in this last segment Talking about specifically, what are the programs that you are offering? What In
3: what ways are you making an impact in Waukesha County? Sure. Uh, you know, we have a clothing shop, and that clothing shop provides clothing not only for families uh, but professional wear. And one of the things that we also do with regard to that clothing shop is to make sure that uh, children are taken care of Uh, because one of the things I think is a struggling family um, and sometimes this is something that affects children at school uh, it's amazing how children can treat other children who indeed are not dressed uh, in what might be appropriate wear Uh, so uh, clothing for kids clothing for mom for dad and I'm going to tell you the demographics with regard to uh, Hope Center uh, are uh, women 51 percent Uh, use our services, men, 49. So uh, we get many uh, women and families uh, using our clothing shop and clothing program. Uh, To go along with that is our meal program. And of course, the meal program serves three nights a week, Uh, We have a day center that serves breakfast and lunch during the winter. We're open on the weekends to provide some shelter uh, and to uh, serve food. Uh, But one of the things that we've always strived and tried to do uh, was to make it an atmosphere that was friendly, that was inviting, uh, and volunteers really make that particular part of our programming work. And then there's Project MOVE, which actually provides furniture for those who are moving into uh, a new apartment a new house etc but through the provision of clothes through the provision of food through the provision of furniture those living on a limited budget can then use that disposable income in other ways in taking care of those particular basic needs uh, will help them uh, to stretch that budget to get those resources where they need to be for their family, uh, for their home, uh, for their kids. And
1: uh, didn't you tell me at some at some point that there's like 40,000 meals that you provide a year uh, well between over, breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Yeah,
3: well over 40,000 a year, uh, and the, the numbers are uh, startling in terms of uh, – Uh, Clothing, 44,000 articles of clothing go out the door on an annual basis. Uh, That would include uh, 3,700 pairs of socks, uh, basic types of of clothing. But yes, the clothing shop uh, provides not only clothing for interviews, but professional clothing as well.
1: And then you have, uh, I've been out there before, both donating and also uh, getting a tour, and I think it's pretty neat, this barcode system that you have at the clothing store. You want to talk about
3: that a little bit? Yeah, one of the things, and you know what makes the the tracking of of these numbers so essential for us is that everybody who comes to the the Hope Center for Service uh, signs up on an annual basis, gets a barcode, uh, gets an ID, and we will swipe in and out so we can keep track of number of visits, numbers of articles of clothing, uh, numbers of uh, food that may be served at mealtime. So the barcode system has been very effective for us because I think when one starts to look at numbers, uh, the question that any funder is going to say, well, how do you know? How Mm. do you know that? How do you know how many meals you've served? How many articles of clothing have gone out the door, et cetera? So the barcode system has worked and worked well. And then who can use the services? Anyone who lives in Waukesha County. So we're limited to Waukesha County residents uh, will also uh, provide for Waukesha County residents, um, gas cards, uh, bus passes, et cetera, for medical uh, situations or even employment situations. So I think for us, our part of the homeless issue has been to help those who are living on that um, very confined income, limited income, and to provide those basic needs that then can go into other types of things with that disposable income that they have. Because again, and we've talked about this, uh, what good is that apartment if you don't have furniture? What good is a table if you can't put food on it? What good is a day at work or school if you can't dress appropriately?
1: Yeah, And speaking of a day at work, I bet you meet some very interesting people in uh, in your day. You have any impactful stories that you
3: can share with us? Well, uh, and and I smile, and and what would make you say that, Jill? Uh, Yes, indeed, we we deal with a a very unique population. But yes, uh, one story involves a a person who uh, had been homeless for a number of months, uh, who finally got a job interview, uh, who needed to dress for that interview. And I'm I'm happy to say that in that very small way, we were able to to help him so he could present his best self possible to that employer and indeed got that job. So, you know, it's those little things that make a life a lot easier. Uh, And it's those little things that have big results that we indeed help uh, people in need do within Waukesha County.
1: Mm, It makes me think of the Ralph Waldo Emerson success poem that starts out to laugh often and much, and it ends with, um, you know, if you have helped another to breathe easier because you lived, that is to have succeeded. And it sounds like, you know, that that could be your mantra, actually. It just takes one, and you look at how you've impacted that one individual's life.
3: It did. It did, and it does. And, uh, Jill, I wouldn't want you to give your listeners that uh, that happens all the time. Uh, it (laughs) in between those moments of breathing are moments of desperation and maybe even a scream Um, but indeed we're there we're doing it we're trying to make it happen
1: yeah you're making a difference out there and that's what's that's what counts Mm -hmm. Um, what would you say is your greatest need right now you talked about the food support and of course clothing
3: Um, what would you say is is the greatest need? Uh, well with regard to clothing uh, jeans So jeans are always wonderful. Um, uh, No, excuse me. No, uh, no food item uh, is ever turned down. So food is certainly something that can can help us provide meals, Um, and of course, uh, donations are wonderful. And when I say donations, uh, cash donations will will certainly help, uh, but um, those would be the, you know, the three things that, that we would need um, to help keep our system going.
1: Okay, now let's say somebody has an overabundance of household items in their basement not saying anybody in
3: particular <laughs> uh, not not anybody who's here today that i'm yeah. talking okay got it not got anybody it.
1: yeah not anybody yeah. that's participating in yeah. the interview but let's say somebody has a bunch of things that they want to get rid of in their basement um, maybe they can't get it to your
3: location is there a way that they can still donate that You know, there is, and it depends on the item that's being donated, because one of the projects that we have is what we call our Project MOVE, and one of the things we realized in putting an apartment together, that if we had, for example, donated furniture, and somebody needed that donated furniture to set up their household, But they couldn't get that mattress on public transportation. What good is it anyways? So, you know, Project MOVE will actually accept donated furniture, go out, pick up that furniture, bring it back to the Hope Center, and make it available to those who may need it. Uh, And it was just simply one of those programmatic things that you learn along the way. Uh, We have furniture. It's here. Come and get it. Well, if they could come and get it, they wouldn't need it. Right, uh, so it's <laughs> but I okay. think it's really nice to
1: know that you know there could be some elderly people out there that just don't have a means Correct. to get you uh, the the stuff that they have to donate. So knowing that there's there's a way around that is is good. Um, anything new on the horizon that you want to share before we close out the interview? Uh,
3: there are indeed some new things, and we talked just briefly about this. Uh, we're moving, and. Um, As you can imagine, uh, I always like to say we're moving to the other side of the tracks, uh, just north of where we are now, which is true. Uh, We'll be probably within sight of our old building, so we're looking at a a new building uh, which will give us more room, uh, which will give us a bigger kitchen, a bigger clothing shop. But the more interesting part, I think, about this new building is that there is office space on the second floor, A lot of office space and one of the things we've talked about is joining with other providers who may have an interest in the population that we are serving and knowing that they're coming for our services perhaps that would be an opportunity for them to offer their services so we're we're kind of looking at at those options to see what we can do how we can do it but uh, yes we'll be moving and we're looking at the possibility of showers we're looking at the possibility of laundry facilities, um, but we'll see. Uh, while I think those kinds of dreams and those kinds of goals are always good, uh, we'll have to uh, see if indeed we can make it happen and make it a reality. But that—that uh, that is in our future, a new Hope Center.
1: That sounds wonderful. Well, we'll be... Keeping an eye and an ear out for, for that down the down the pike here. Um, before we let you go, can you share contact information? If somebody's listening and they want to donate or they want sure. to volunteer, uh,
3: what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, Jill, probably the best way to do it is either through our website, which is available at HopeCenter.com, uh, uh, but also calling the office at uh, 262-549-8726. Very good. And uh, Facebook page? Facebook page is up and running. Okay. And I think,
1: uh, as with most organizations that we highlight, you can just Google them and you'll be able to get to their site. Correct. Yeah, Yeah. their website, their Facebook page. But we do ask that you check them out. There's a lot of good information that was shared today. So I want to thank my guest, Kathleen Fisher, Executive Director from the Hebron House and Al Luzzi, Program Director from the Hope Center, both located in Waukesha. Thank you both for the ways that you help to support our 20,000-plus Waukesha County residents who are living at, near, or below the poverty level. I appreciate you both for joining me today. Thank you. You're welcome. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, you can reach out directly to Kathleen at the Hebron House or Al at the Hope Center and the information that they shared just a little bit ago. If you know of a great organization doing great work in our community that you think would be a great guest for our show, email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call me directly at the office at 262-691-3200. We're filling up our calendar for the year, so if you're interested, reach out and we can get that process started. Tune in next Sunday morning at 10 to Milwaukee's philanthropic community to learn more about the ways that people and organizations are contributing to making our community a great place to live, work, and play. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeart Radio app. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, or now you can listen as well on demand, which means Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. Our guests today have shared a number of ways that you can make a significant impact in someone's life, whether that's by donating, volunteering, or simply advocating for their respective organizations. Give some thought to what you might like to do and how you would like to do it so that you can be the change that you want to see in the world. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thanks for listening today and have a great day.